0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place.
2: (laughs) Ready?
1: This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald, and John McMullen. Uh, Here we go,
3: here we go!
1: Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
3: And a good morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel to Birds 365. With your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Johnny Mac, to be or not to be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles on Saturday in Dallas is the question. And both Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni tried to make us believe yesterday that Jalen Hurts has a chance to start against the... Dallas Cowboys
5: you buying? Nope, not at all. Not not even a little bit. Um, you know, I I get it from a coach's perspective, but you know, I also I don't get it because the Eagles know how they go about it when something like this happens and you got a uh, there's a potential it could be the starter or the backup. Generally, not generally, always you know, maybe there's smaller differentials uh, around the league. There definitely is. But the starter's the starter for a reason. He's better than a backup. So if you prepare for the starter, you're ready for the backup. I, you know, That's how everybody approaches this. The Cowboys are going to prepare for the Eagles and, and Jalen Hurts. And if they do that effectively, uh, they'll be prepared for Gardner Minshew because Jalen Hurts is a better player. Now, I get it. There's a little bit of a tweak. You're going to play a little bit differently um probably more intermediate routes with Gardner Minshew if you think about the Jets game last year a lot of Dallas Goddard I think you know Dallas coming back is really important for Gardner Minshew it's important for anybody because he's a good player he'd be important for Jalen Hurts but especially for Gardner Minshew um you know if you're ready for Jalen Hurts you're ready for Gardner Minshew so I I get it, but I kind of don't get it either way. You're not playing. Uh, It's going to be Gardner Minshew in Dallas. It's a short week too. Uh, Nobody brings that up. Uh, You have the one last day and it just doesn't make sense to play Jalen Hurts. If you needed the football game, I believe he would play. They don't need the football game, no matter what they say. And they want to win. I'm not claiming they don't want to win. But there is that, that wiggle room that wouldn't have existed if, if Doug Peterson uh, didn't uh, get his Jags to come back against the Cowboys and get a bunch of free cheesesteaks for it. Yeah, so I, I, that kind of tells you what the Eagles think, by the way, the free cheesesteaks. Right. If so anybody that's... saw it, they sent uh, the Jags some thank you cheesesteaks
3: from a uh, cheesesteak place down in Jacksonville, specifically ordered to be sent over to the Jaguars and their coaching staff. Uh, Yes, Dougie P did the Eagles a very big solid by uh, beating the Cowboys last week. I'm not quite the same with the whole preparation by the Cowboys thing for you. I think Doug Peterson takes it way over the top. The whole, "oh, we can get a competitive edge by playing our cards close to the best thing, not just this week, but Doug Peters been doing that since the day he was hired as the Eagles head coach. You're talking
5: about Doug or Nick. what Nick. I say? They both doing, did it. Yeah. they right. both do it. But Nick does about, it more. Yeah.
3: Right. I was thinking Doug, because he beat the Cowboys this week. No, I meant Nick Sirianni. Thanks for correcting me. Um, some people suggested that nick started his entire eagle coaching career by playing his cards close to the vest either that or he really didn't know if he had control of the roster or not
5: the <laughs> first, the first
3: uh, press concert we ever had that was a question he asked he was like uh i don't know yeah, yeah. who controls that how are you or me so he's been playing his cards close to the vest ever since i think he overplays his cards but that's just me
5: I actually do think there's a difference between Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Well, there's a difference. One's better than the other. I mean, there's a big difference. I'm not saying there's not a difference. I'm saying if you so they're gonna
3: in, they're gonna plug in Gardner mintry He's gonna run these same RPOs, the same amount of RPOs that Jay. No, Larkin.
5: they're gonna certainly run less RPOs. And then I mentioned how are they the same? They're they there's, there's a big difference between the two quarterbacks. Well, as he mentioned, I I said you know the intermediate game is gonna be much bigger. Dallas Goddard's gonna be much uh, bigger part of it, but the offense is the same. They're not gonna run as many. Uh, zone reads as many RPOs with Gardner Minshew, but again, he's a, a he's a mobile guy. I think people, this is not a statue quarterback. This is again, I bring this is not Mike Glennon. You're not toggling between Jalen Hurts and Mike Glennon. They're going to run the same offense. They're not going to run it as effectively because they don't have as many options as the – You know, what backup's not going to be an MVP. And I guess Eagles fans say, well, yeah, it might be because. Of Nick Bowles, at least over a short sample size, and he can play well. Um, and Gardner, and I expect Gardner to play relatively well. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of starts in this league. There's not too many backup quarterbacks who have a touchdown to inter- interception ratio of 41 to 15 or whatever the heck it is. Uh, usually the backup quarterback is a drop off a clip, so this guy can play a little bit. Um, and, and and he doesn't have the skill set. My my major point is, if you're prepared for Jalen Hurts, if you're prepared for Patrick Mahomes, if you're prepared for Josh Allen, and it's hard to prepare for those guys, you're prepared for the backup. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't. And, a lot of- I'm
3: saying it's a little bit different when you're talking about anyone else other than Jalen Hurts. but maybe if you're preparing for uh, Mr. Fields or the Eagles did an okay job against last week, or Lamar Jackson. Any other quarterback who's taking over for one of the three best running quarterbacks in the National Football League, if you're the the coach of the Dallas Cowboys this week, I think you have to get your players in a mindset to play differently if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback or if Gardner Minshew is the quarterback just because of the way Jalen Hurts is capable of playing the game.
5: Yeah, but I guess, you know, that would mean more to me if it were going from Gardner Minshew to Jalen Hurts, not vice versa. I think that would be uh, a more difficult undertaking. Um, if, if you know, maybe um, Jalen Hurts was injured coming in and missed a number of weeks and Gardner had been playing and it was 50-50 on whether he would be back. That, to me, is different. You know, going from... Gardner Minshew to Jalen, Jalen Hurts is different than going from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew. Uh, Hurts is the more difficult one. So, again, if you're ready for Hurts, you're ready for Minshew. Uh, now, are you ready for the Eagles' offense, especially the way the Dallas defense has kind of been leaking oil recently? And I saw – I know we're going to have John Bashota on from The Athletic who covers the Cowboys. I saw their safety, Jayron Curse, talking about – You know, people talk up this Cowboys defense, and it's time to stop talking. It's time to put the results out on the field. Um, I lost Jody. Uh, Xander, uh, am I still on the air? It's kind of difficult to tell uh, which is which. Xander? Xander?
0: Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had
6: we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying?
0: And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly he is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
4: Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own. Not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or $339 per month. New RAMs starting at only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown. Big finish sales event.
2: Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401Ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: 365 sorry my picture just froze it was weird johnny mac yeah i never
5: i never know did i crap out did you crap no, out no it was me
3: uh, i'm i'm 95% sure that it was me but usually when the video freezes you just you're dead in the water i saw that my face froze i was trying to use my uh mouse on my computer and it was going nowhere but I could still hear you. I even commented my, my voice was still okay. I was verbally still part of birds 365, but the video froze yeah. up. So dropped out, got back on. We're ready to keep it rolling for you for the next uh, two plus hours. Uh, John mentioned John Machota from the athletic outstanding Cowboys beat reporter is going to join us in the second hour of today's show. Uh, Mike Gill from down the shore 97.3 the uh, sports pass is going to jump in here in just a couple of minutes. Um, Here's the question I have for you about Hurts yesterday. He said all the right things. Definitely a chance. Uh he's preparing to be ready and this is what you have to do if you're the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He 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 did what you expected Jalen Hurts to do, which is uh keep possibilities open. Nick Sirianni went down the road of uh this guy's not like you or I. Well, I know he's not well, that's like me. True. Yeah, I'm, I can't lips. I'm 30 plus, plus years older yeah. than he is. If yeah. he's if he's anything like me, shame on Jalen yeah. Hurts. So I yeah. didn't necessarily like right. the uh, the phraseology that, that that the coach used, but I get what he said. Um, that Jalen is a tremendous athlete, and he is a guy who heals pretty damn quickly. Um, you think this is all competitive nature? This is competitive advantage that they're floating yeah. this out there that they already know that Jalen Hurts isn't playing because it has been reflected in the betting markets. It went from the Cowboys as a point favorite up to the Cowboys as a six and a half, seven point favorite in some places it's back down to five and four and a half. So some people are believing this Johnny Mac that he, there's a chance that he could start.
5: Yeah. But I think, I think at this stage, when you look at the betting markets, it's, it's it's more about people, uh, betting and you correct me if I'm wrong, Jody, when they, when they moved the, uh, the line that was the key point to me. All right, somebody paid some money to get information early, uh, which is not good for the NFL. But um, anyway, now it's uh, uh, now it's about you know who's betting what side, and it, it goes up and down. Now maybe I'm wrong about that. You're you're the betting expert, not me. But um, from from the aspect of, of of how the Eagles handled it yesterday. I go back to last year in the Jets game. If you go back to that game, the week leading up to that that game, Jalen said he was playing. Blatt out said he was playing, um, and he ended up didn't play. This time he couched it more um, and said there's a chance and and was very non-committal. So um, that's a little bit of a foreshadowing to me, number one. Number two, Nick kind of said, we asked him, remember, yesterday was a walkthrough. And he, he spoke before the walkthrough. He was like, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't even participate in the walkthrough. A walkthrough.
3: So and, that's and, not a good sign. And oh, by the way, neither did Gardner Minshew because yeah, he was neither out did of town Gardner. going to Mike Leach's yeah. funeral. Um, so Ian I,
5: Book was leading the Eagles. Ian Book took every walkthrough rep yeah. yesterday. Yes. On December 20th, uh, 2022, Ian book was the leader of a 13 and one team at least for one day. Uh, (laughs) Now Gardner was, uh, he, he was scheduled to be back last night. I, I assume he was, so he'll be back today. Um, and he'll be getting the first team reps for the rest of the week. But, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't even participate in the walkthrough. Now, Nick did said there's no hard and fast rule. Um, you know there's a lot of mentality from coaches that if you don't practice you can't play and and guys are different and he said guys are different um certainly if the Jason Kelsey's and the Lane Johnsons are dealing with something Fletcher Cox all the rest players we know that have been through this the entire maintenance year the maintenance day for all the veterans and even some of the younger players like Josh Sweat who have injury histories in their past um you know, if those guys were banged up, would, would they be able to play if they didn't practice case-by-case case basis? Um, and certainly Jalen um, has built up some equity uh, by the way he's played. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make any sense to put him at risk. We talked a lot about risk yesterday, everybody criticizing the coaching staff for how many runs they they used on Jalen Hurts. And by the way, I, I think that was the headline of the press conference because that touched a nerve with Nick. You know how you know you touch a nerve with Nick? He gets in the weeds and he explains something really meticulously. And he explained the number of carries and the number of design carries, which in his mind was two, two. In his mind. So seven, he got 17 down to, two down to two and got in the weeds to explain it. Um, so, you know, some of the criticism, well, one of which was the touchdown run the designed,
3: uh, right up the middle 20 yard joint to get him in. What was the other one play that he considered a yeah. Jalen hurts run?
5: Well, uh, I, I, you know, I went through the game and I looked at, at the 17 They're they're yeah, when Jalen checked, he he actually was two or three because he checked the two runs that were design runs and there was another design run. So really, he said two, but really was three. So then you had... One of, one of Nick's favorite phrases, Jody, is a wise man avoids all extremes. So this is an interesting debate for me because I think both sides are so disingenuous. I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. But if you hear people say seventeen carries is not enough, I mean those people are ignoring the kneel downs and and right. the quarterback sneaks, which we have decades of been. That's not a dangerous play. Again, Except, did you remember this?
3: Someone I talked about it on WIP last night. I said nobody. I couldn't even remember a quarterback. Yeah, I can't dinner. remember. Patrick Mahomes, just three years
5: ago, broke his kneecap on a quarterback sneak. Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed, and I always say, I assume somebody somewhere got hurt on a quarterback sneak. I don't Pretty remember. Pretty important that one, Sunday. Patrick Mahomes.
3: Yeah, and, and but, and but,
5: but, but, Jody, it, I mean, it's a football play. So, evidently, they've been playing football for a long time. So, I'm sure there's been more than Patrick Mahomes actually. But when you do the percentage wise, it's not a dangerous play. Again, the disingenuousness of pointing out one outlier, even an outlier on a superstar. It's not a dangerous play, uh, but it, it, it's not. No, any way you shake it, again, there's decades of injury data, and people say, hey, Patrick Mahomes in 2019, whatever year it was, all right, give me another one. Give me another one. Uh, you, you got to have more than one. All that- right, but now, now I think you're being a little disingenuous.
3: How many quarterback sneaks are there in a game? In an NFL game, there are 70 plays from 80 plays from scrimmage. How many of them are quarterback sneaks? Uh, so to to merit comparison to the other ones you'd have to say yeah but they almost never run quarterback sneaks. So if you well, get hurt, run, I mean Mahomes home, got hurt badly in uh, just 3 years ago. How many quarterback sneaks were there percentage wise and overall plays in the
5: NFL? Well, if you want to say whatever, two a game, I I don't know, but two a game over 50 70 years? I that, that that's, that's still a large sample size and there's more than two. There's never been more quarterback sneaks than there is in this game because the modern game I'm talking about, because some teams have been, including the Eagles, have been so successful with it. And now they allow you to push the quarterback forward. They changed that rule. The number so, is
3: definitely up this yeah. year with the, everyone allowing yeah. the quarterback to basically be lifted and carried until he gets yeah. a first down.
5: And we uh, Are we going to break or are we going to bring Mike Gill up? Because uh, we'll bring him in the discussion because we have the early breaks Xander, what are we going to do?
3: We're going to add All Mike right. Gill to the mix. Yeah. Our buddy from down the shore at 97.3, the Sports oh, Bash, ESPN Radio, Mike Gill. Um, you want to jump in on this quarterback sneaks? Should it count as a running play? Nick Sirianni just throws it right out. It's a running play. It's a different. It's a running play by definition.
5: Yeah, but it's not dangerous in his mind. Your thoughts on that?
8: Well, it's a running play, definitely. I mean, but you could actually make an argument that that's a more dangerous possibility to get injured than a designed run that is more traditional. He's lowering his head, the crown of his head, down into the pile. You can get head on head almost every single time, neck something in there. I mean, that pile up that happens from those quarterback sneaks, you almost hold your breath more on those things sometimes, especially the way the Eagles do it. This thing is turned into this, you know. They're talking to the broadcast the other day, like they got to come up with a name for what they do. And you know, a lot of these <laughs> things, the quarterback sneaks, the Eagles, it's like a rugby scrum, it turns out, where everybody knows they're doing it. And it's like the the linemen are it's like a battle of who can get lower for when when the yeah. Eagles do it. You don't see that for a lot of other teams. Yeah, Any Kelsey
5: team. Kelsey was mic'd up and the one time the one game I forget which game it was and he said, "You know what's coming." Yeah. <laughs> he told him he Larry Birded them. He said, you know what's coming.
8: Every And everybody does know what's coming. Yeah. Everybody knows what's coming. And I think the rule that Mike, you could it's push not, forward... But
5: Mike, they've been playing this game for a long time. And Jody brought up Patrick Mahomes. And I, I look, I'm sure there's been others. And any time you get out of bed, you might pull your hamstring. But compared to other football plays, like they changed the rules of the game because kickoff returns were so dangerous. And from... Uh, it, it, from a standpoint of, of versus other plays, they had to change the rules of the, the the game. The quarterback sneak. We have decades of injury data. It's not a dangerous play when compared because I think that th- there's no momentum, right? the The big injury plays are are when you have these big collisions. You're, it's almost impossible to have this huge collision. In a quarterback sneak, it's almost impossible. Yeah, so- no, it
8: would be it would be a freakish type of like somebody just comes like the linebacker jumps over the top and and like you know something to that effect or a helmet to helmet that just kind of hits you in the right spot. You know, they used to say ring your bell, but get you right yeah. in the right spot there where you know you're, you're just get pushed and you're down on the bottom of one of those piles and something crazy happens down there.
5: But I I, I guess I'm getting in the weeds now. My larger point was about Nick explaining 17 carries down to two carries. (laughs) Two design runs for Jalen Hurts. And I said both sides are disingenuous. And as I said, the, the 17 side doesn't take into account victory formation, quarterback sneaks. Now, Nick doesn't take into account zone reads because he called 11 zone reads. Well, I shouldn't say that. There were more than that, but 11 zone reads Jalen ran. Um, So he he pulled the ball from the running back. So from the coach's standpoint, well, there's no guarantee number one is going to run the football in that play. So I get what he's saying. But it's also baked in, you know, if you call that many zone reads, if the quarterback does his job properly, he's going to be carrying the football. So you do have more design runs than Nick is letting on. Um, So both sides to me are kind of disingenuous, but I thought his better explanation was when he went down the route of, look, this is who Jalen hurts is. This is why he's great. This is why he's the MVP. called him the MVP. This is what he does. I'm going to do what he does. Well, I think that's the better explanation than getting in the weeds about the numbers Jody and Mike want to hear both your thoughts
8: well listen Sirianni's right in that this is who Jalen Hurts is I guess the question is if he's not this guy is he good enough in other words would you be playing him if he wasn't doing these things this is what makes him the guy that he is If you're scaling that back, you're turning him into a player that maybe, I don't want to say isn't good enough, but you're now taking parts of, you know, it's like the people who don't like Joel Embiid shooting threes. Well, that's what makes Joel Embiid unique. He's a seven-foot-two guy who can shoot threes. If you take that part of his game away, well, now he's just another big guy, just like everybody else. He might be the best big guy, but he's unique in that he can do these things. And this is what is making Jalen now an MVP candidate. I think that's what makes Embiid an MVP candidate is he's not just some big guy down in the paint. He steps out. He shoots three. puts the ball on the floor. He can drive past you, He pulls up from the elbow. Jalen Hurts does all these things. Now, the offense, you can say, well, why are they asking him to run so much? That's what the offense is. And he makes that decision to run a lot. Those decisions are based on his reads. So they're not telling him to run so much. They're just saying this is what he is great at, and that's the end result. If you wanted him just to be a classic three-step drop, five-step drop, and the RPO is out, what's the Eagles offense look like? Is he good enough to run that offense?
3: All right, let me take your Embiid analogy a step further. On a given night, Embiid shoots five six threes, somewhere thereabouts. He doesn't step back and ever shoot 20 threes like Steph Curry does, but he shoots five or six on this given night. He shoots 10 and he goes two for 10. Now you're right. When you say that's part of his arsenal, that's part of what makes him beat So you don't want to say after he goes two for 10, don't you dare take another three in the next game. But if you're the coach, you can absolutely say, Joel, you usually shoot about five or six shot 10 last game. You're bricking them from beyond the arc. is the reason we lost the game. We're going to scale it back a little bit. You can adjust. I'm not saying change. I'm not saying you take it away and say, we're never going to risk them again. Jalen Hurts on a designed run player. We're taking the RPOs completely out of our system. No, that would be foolish. That would be dumb. But you can adjust, can you not?
8: Sure. Absolutely. You know, the football situation is a little different in basketball because basketball obviously is 82 games and you're doing different things. Where in football, you're playing once a week and you're doing everything possible to try to win that one game. So you're putting your best one day game plan in for that. Um, but that's the Eagles offense. You know, again, if you're saying to make an adjustment, to tur- you're then turning them into a team that, you know, that's like saying, hey, Navy, this week you're playing against a team that has horrible pass coverage. Why don't you do the run and shoot this week? <laughs> like the, the yeah. Eagles aren't you going know, to just sound, turn it. sound a-
3: like McMullen. Both yeah. of you guys go immediately to the other end. Oh, if you change it a little wow. bit, that's a change. God forbid the Eagles change their RPO offense. Well, they run different numbers of RPOs every single week. And this past week against Chicago, they, in my opinion, ran too many. And even Nick Sirianni, the head coach, came out as he was going into the weeds about Jalen Hurts and the running. He did say, yeah, we kind of underused Miles Sanders. That's on us. That's on me and Shane Steichen. We didn't get him into a rhythm. It's our job to get him into a rhythm. So he copped to it that their play calling wasn't good this past week. Oh, and I it agree it needs with that. adjustment I, from what it by was By the way, that's the, the first
5: thing I said when I got back. When I got back on Tuesday, Jody. First thing I said was that it was bad offensive game planning. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the fans saying, oh, you just handed to Miles Sanders like a traditional – that's the people I'm talking about. Look, if you want to hand if you want to hand off an inside zone to Miles Sanders and take uh, the option away and take the, the read option away, I'm fine with it. I'm talking about the people that want to change the offense, not adjust the offense – they want to change the offense because they want to protect Jalen Hurts. No, you can't do that. But I'll remind you, Jody, the first thing I said when I got back on first 365 Tuesday morning, that was a bad offensive game plan. That was a bad offensive game plan. First thing I said. Yes. Um. So,
7: so
5: they I'm, need you to and I it. are not that far apart. I'm talking about the people who want to turn Miles Sanders into the old school Unfortunately, Franco Harris passed away today, which is uh, very sad. By the way, South Jersey native, two days before the 50th anniversary, probably the most famous uh, play in NFL history. And by the way, the Steelers were going to retire his number on Saturday. It's kind of amazing they haven't retired it to this point, but they don't retire numbers. Mm -hmm. He was only the third uh, Steeler that was going to have his number retired. So very sad news. But my point is, you're not turning Miles Sanders into Franco Harris, and old-school run-the-football. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's what Mike Mike is saying. But I'll let Mike speak for himself.
8: Well, yeah, and I think it was a byproduct. I agree as well. I didn't love the game plan. Now, it's funny because uh, I guess Thursday I was off a little bit last week. I'm actually off today, so um, my brain is not in work mode. But (laughs) – uh, Clay Harbour was on with me, and he. the first thing he said was, the Bears have the worst defense, both run and pass. They can't rush the passer. They make no plays in the secondary. And everybody's screaming, why are you throwing the ball? Well, they have the worst pass rush in the league. That's why. Now, I don't think the Eagles were not executing because the Bears, of something the Bears were doing, I think this was more that Jalen just did not throw the ball. that Like, he was just a little off throughout the game, which then the game got close, which then became the byproduct of, we need Jalen to try to get us out of this mess a little bit here. And they leaned a little bit more on him to kind of get them out of the mess than maybe Miles Sanders or because it, it, it seemed that he was not His most accurate in the first half of that game, really, till the fourth quarter. He played well when he was hurt.
3: Yeah, he did. The the numbers are what the numbers are, but we all watch the game. They had a couple of guys in the secondary play pretty good football.
5: Yeah, they they
3: did. Their numbers aren't great for the year, and there's no denying that, but – there's their, their two corners looked okay to me right. i know they gave up 300 yards that smith and and yeah. the brown but they also made some damn good plays well it and it's kind and, of boomer bust for the eagle passing game on
7: yeah
8: on that. and clay Harbor did mention that he likes their the young players but that the pass rush is so bad that they get oh, yeah. that it makes them look bad at times but that they do have some talent in the secondary but yeah. their pass rush and we saw that i mean Hurts, I said they could take a shot down the field every play. There was one-on-one coverage. There was no pass rush. He just was all over the place early in that game. And obviously late in that game when he finally connected, you saw one-on-one, you'll take that every time. And and the Eagles receivers made plays on good throws, and it looked a lot like what we've seen all year. But I think if the Eagles get one-on-one coverage on Saturday against the Donkeys at play in the – Dallas secondary, it's going to be a long day at the office for that star.
5: Yeah. I and mean, A.J. had whatever, 181 uh, career yeah. high. And he loved the kid he was playing against. He just raved about him, Jalen uh, Johnson. A yeah. lot of talent. Kyler Gordon has a lot of talent. But uh, Clay is right. You know, they're young players. They're learning. They make a lot of mistakes. So maybe it hasn't showed up yet. But they have talent. The, the front doesn't have talent it's like you just you don't see any upside there so i get the eagles thought process but then i showed up to soldier field mike and the wind is coming yeah. off lake michigan and there's a three degree wind chill and you're going to go out and play you know kurt warner greatest show on turf it didn't make sense to
8: me right well and there was another thing that <laughs> um Clay had mentioned, and he said, "You know, you can hit them on slants all day long." And the Eagles very rarely did that. When they finally incorporated Big that into the game, yeah, spot. and the wind—I I know you were there, so you—you you got a chance to kind of get a feeling. Where you know, uh, Darius Slay said, "Look, I've played games in January in Philly. It ain't that cold." No. Uh, uh-huh. Jalen said after the game, he couldn't feel his hands. You would think at some point he goes over to Sirianni and Steichen and says, "Hey, Coach, I'm having trouble." <laughs> feeling my hands here (laughs) to get a good grip on that ball we might want to dial it back a little bit and then the result is all right well then we'll run it 17 times with you how's that feel
3: not good uh (laughs) all right so we got the cowboys coming up on saturday john and i gave our opinion yesterday i said on the show the chance of jalen hurts would start was 0.001 percent i I think that that was a two two point one percent I after listening to Jalen and Sirianni yesterday, I had to raise my estimation mm. that he could start to two percent. So yeah, I'm still You're not right, believing. Well, he... I
5: was Jody. I was at two point one percent, ninety seven point nine yesterday. Two point one percent.
3: I've I've jumped up a little, but I still don't believe he's going to play. Um, so why did they do what they did yesterday? Just because Jalen's a competitor and he doesn't want to admit to it. We could theorize on Sirianni because he's Mr. Competitive Advantage and doesn't want to tell anybody anything. Um, what, what was your read on uh, the quarterback and the coach talking about whether he could or well, couldn't play on Saturday?
8: It's funny, Jody, because I was live when the news came out. And originally, if you guys were aware, it came out from some wonky source. And I was like, The heck is this?
5: I I, I don't know who I I saw it first from Tom Pellicero. So I don't. There was a a gambler. gambler Gamblers seem seem to have it before. uh, Well, we were live at
8: at Ocean in the sports book. All right, at the time, this is on Monday, and I do the show on Mondays with a guy named Ryan Austin, who's into kind of the betting world, and he said, you know, the number has moved up to three. And this is 2.30 in the afternoon, maybe around 3 o'clock. We do our segment, Football at 4. About 4.20, by that point, the number had then jumped up to 6. And the MVP odds, I said, well, check the MVP odds. And then the MVP odds took a major turn where he was the favorite at the start of the show. It was at plus 250 by the time 4.20 rolled around. I got a text from my old producer, uh, Pete Giordano, that had a tweet from a guy who I had never heard of, some Justin Gately. I thought he played power forward for the Warriors at some point. (laughs) But was that Chris Gately, maybe? But uh, it said, Jalen Hurts, broken collarbone, his regular season is done. And I said, well, I can't go Incorrect. I mean, correct. I said, well, I can't go on the air with this. I got to get something better than Justin Gatling. Well, (laughs) I look up on the screen in Ocean Casino, and I see Adam Schefter on television with breaking news. And at that point, I knew, all right, at least it's something. And now it turned out it was a sprain. And then there was all this. You had one of the beat guys say it was non-throwing shoulder. Then the other guy said it was his throwing shoulder. Then the guy corrected himself and said it I was wrong. It is his throwing shoulder. Is it a sprain? Is he? So this is all sorts of verbal gymnastics to get to, Jody. I think if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, if they needed this game, he probably would play. At this point, I think it's a lot of gamesmanship because the game has lost a lot of its luster. I'm sure he's trying to fight to get on the field. They're probably trying to hold him off. And in the end, I would imagine the coaches will win and you will see Gardner Minshew play. But if the Eagles had to win this game, I would imagine Jalen Hurts is on the field.
3: But let me let me uh, just uh, quasi-ask-slash-correct you. The coaches win? Oh, no, I don't think the coaches win. I think the organization wins. By I, I, I don't think this is a Syriani decision. I think this is an...
5: No, well it never I mean he admits he's not a doctor it shouldn't be a Sirianni decision it's a it's a medical decision and 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 yeah that's a big part of it Uh, but I don't I I don't I don't think that's rare maybe it was rare back in the day when guys were forced to get on the field as much as possible but I don't think it's rare today Um, it is Wednesday Mike Gill is here um you know what that means. Tradition. Uh-oh. Are you,
3: are you ready for breaking news, McMullen? Uh, Gotta players be. players of the week a are out. Reddick,
5: A.J. Brown, or both? Uh, zero. No Eagles oh. player of the week. No Eagles. I thought Reddick had a real shot. Is it I Cameron Reddick again? I thought Reddick had a real Khalif Raymond, um, uh, special teams player of the week, he had a pump return touchdown against uh, Jody's Jets, so that's understandable. Now, Offensive Player of the Week, uh, it was Kirk Cousins. That's understandable, too, because they the largest comeback in NFL history, I think he threw for 460 yards. So that one was yeah, kind of obvious. Fun. Defensive, I thought Hassan was going to win it. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau won it. Ooh, he did have.
3: Uh, he had a big game for the Giants.
5: Wow, he had a career high in tackles, twelve. That's amazing for an edge player. Defensive edge, twelve tackles.
3: Twelve tackles. Damn. Yeah,
5: three tackles for loss, strip sack, and he had a touchdown. Of course, so can't complain about that. No, That's no, Cameron Dicker, game. huh? Dicker had another uh, game. I even looked at the AFC. Let me look at the AFC. Uh,
8: yeah, he had a game-winning field goal, forty-three yards to win that game for the chart. Hey, that guys got three game winners now this year he's yeah. won the other two times
5: uh afc was josh allen offense uh rashawn jenkins of jacksonville on on defense the big comeback against the cowboys special teams tommy townsend the punter for the Chiefs, punter <laughs> uh four punts two inside the 20 blah 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 not a big week on special teams i guess so yeah. they could have got- given yeah. it to cameron dicker but tommy townsend Right. I'm the Kansas City Chiefs.
3: I've got a question for both you guys, uh, Mr. Gill. I'm going to ask you to fire first. Uh, we we're just talking about looking at the numbers and what the numbers say, and you can't deny the numbers. But sometimes you can go beyond the numbers. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys right now, what they've done all season long, you would say coming into the game, well, you got to run the football because <laughs> the Cowboys are 25th in the NFL against the run. Against the pass, they're like number three. Eagles are number one. Cowboys are number three. If you're going yards per game as the ranking tool that you're using to put them in an order. So it's third best against 25th best for the Cowboys. Well, of course, then you got to try and run the football. But I've watched the Cowboys the last couple of weeks and Trevor Lawrence just picked them apart. This past week that it made Zay Jones look like a hall of famer with that defensive backfield of the Dallas Cowboys. So which is it for the Eagles going this week? Because Sirianni went to great lengths to tell us the, uh, play sheet this week was designed by where they thought they had the matchup advantage before the game started. And that's why they called the game the way that they did. Well, the matchups to me say you got to try and run the ball down the Cowboys throats. But I also saw the, the the Jaguars just pick them apart last week. So what do you think? If they're allowing the other team's strengths and or weaknesses to have a big effect on their play calling, they run it or are passing it this week?
8: Well, it's really a pick your poison. You could do whatever you want. I mean, last time they found Parsons and ran right at him, right? This week, you're most likely going to have Gardner Minshew, who, give Minshew some credit, he is an accurate thrower of the football. He doesn't have this. Hauser arm out there, but he should be able to have, you know, what has every team done? They have found the corner opposite of Diggs, and they have just gone after whoever has played over there the last couple of weeks. Jacksonville went after him all day long. And then Diggs, of course, no one's going after him as much, but the Eagles have enough firepower talent that you can kind of lull him to sleep. And you know, if he's lulled asleep nut, he's not disciplined enough. He'll go after an interception or a big play. And that's why he gives up big plays a lot of times. I mean, with Minshew, you do have the ability to throw the ball. That's not saying – this isn't Nate Peterman coming in the game here where it's like five interceptions central when you go to the backup quarterback. We all saw what Minshew did last year. You know, in Jacksonville, the guy threw 41 touchdowns to like 15 interceptions i mean he has a really good oh yeah yeah he's got a really good touchdown inter- he takes care of the ball he's an accurate thrower and i can see people Well, why is he the quarterback then you know he you know he and he can run a little bit too by the way yeah. and he's not like a statuesque guy so i think the eagles can uh throw the ball against this team this week if they want to but you would think They would – you know, you would think they would follow the game plan that they faced the last time against Dallas, but is Dallas going to say, all right, you did this against us last time? The Eagles' offensive line, though, should bully this Cowboys team around again. The last time, Dallas just could not get a stop. They just are not big enough up front. They're they're just not a good run-stuffing defense. The Eagles should be able to play this game safe, run the ball – and basically pick their spots of when they want to take shots down the field. So with uh, with <laughs> Minshew back there, you you and I don't know. Do you guys see some play action with Minshew? Less RPO, but more traditional play action.
5: Um, I I don't think so. I don't think the offense is going to change that much from a schematic standpoint because, as you mentioned, Garner can do those things. He's not a drastic change. He's not as good at it. And that's where I'm going to go because Mike, we'll talk about the most popular person in Philadelphia, Micah Parsons, for you know disrespecting Jalen Hurts a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't buy that. I, I don't think he disrespected him all that much. But I go back to the first game when it was Cooper Rush, and I, I can tell you, and I'm glad he said it on the record because I can say it now, you know, Nick Sirianni during the week is like, well, you can't block him, so just read him. That's where this game changes to me because gardner Minshew is better than the average quarterback when it comes to mobility, but he's not Jalen Hurts. And you don't have that threat that we were talking about with the zone reads and the read options. Uh, he might get five, six yards, but it's not going to crush you like Jalen Hurts can crush you. The Eagles read Micah Parsons because they couldn't block him. All due respect to the best offensive line in football. There are certain guys you can't block. And the top of that list is Aaron Donald, and number two is Micah Parsons. Not blockable. This week, Nick always talks about game wreckers. He could wreck a game. Um, and has it recently. Talking, and yeah, what it,
3: happened last week when he got two tackles for the entire game? Well, I mean, was.
5: Uh, you know, he's the second, let's, I'm looking him up. He's the second rated uh, defender in football over the whole season. So, you know, does that mean you're a superstar every week of every season? I don't know. People want to criticize Micah Parsons. Do it at your own peril. People pay a lot of attention to him. I'm just saying it becomes more difficult without Jalen Hurts. That's my one concern. With Jalen Hurts, they can read them. They don't got to worry about blocking them. With Gardner Minshew, they can go the same direction. It's not going to be as effective. That's all I'm saying.
8: Yeah, and listen, I'm no Parsons hater by any stretch. I think he's probably the most game-record player in the league when they're rolling, but, you know, Their defense has not been good the last couple of weeks. I think uh, they said the other day they've had 72 dropbacks. They have one sack in the last 72 dropbacks. This is a defense that one of the things that made them this scary defense is they get to the quarterback. They cause all sorts of havoc. That's not happening for them right now. They are not getting to the quarterback. They don't stop the run. Their pass defense is not great in the secondary. So you're seeing a team. Uh, That has kind of struggled defensively where their defense is supposed to be leading them. But as you mentioned, John, at any moment, Parsons can come and wreck a game. And the way the Eagles approached him last time, they may not be able to approach him again this week. But look, I think the Eagles, a lot of weeks we look at who wins games for them. And it's, you know, Hertz has a great game and his numbers are this and A.J. Brown that. And Dallas Goddard, by the way, should be back or going to be back this week. You throw him into the mix. Sanders has a big game. But one of these weeks, we're going to just say that offensive line just absolutely kicked the crap out of that team. Now, they have done that, but the numbers for the guys have overshadowed the dominance of the line. This might be a week where that line overshadows the numbers that anybody gets.
3: All right, Mike Gill, prediction on Saturday's game, Cowboys-Eagles, not the final score. Will Brandon Graham beat Jason Peters for a sack of Dak Prescott?
8: Is that the matchup? Uh, Graham and Peters, huh? Um... It,
3: it, It could shake out that way. You I know, had a given their... play. They're both – Peters is going to play some. He's been filling in. They had the big injury to their right tackle last week. So, they've been kind of using, at yeah. least last week, what I saw. Um, they were moving guys around on the offensive line, at least on the right side. And, yeah, BG lines up on that side. So, it could be a mano a mano play between uh, two uh, very well-known Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> Well, One's still here, one now down in Dallas.
8: On that front, I mean, that is the one thing – when you look at the Eagles' defense and the Cowboys' defense, you know, there was, oh, this Dallas defense is really good. The Eagles even – Dallas has Parsons and the rest of the guy. The Eagles just come at you. If you want to take sweat out of the game, Reddick. you want to take Reddick out, sweat. You want to take both of those guys, Hargrave. You want to take Har you forget that Graham is even part of this mix sometimes because of the way everybody else – it gets all this attention, but yeah, this is probably the week, Jody, to, to uh I'll be my Nick version of Nick Siriani and I will placate to the to the listeners or the viewers. Oh, you're gonna pander?
5: Seat. You're gonna, I'm pander? gonna pander
8: that Brandon Graham will have the week and he will do it by whipping his old friend Jason Peter. I
5: believe, and we're gonna talk to John Mashota. I believe Teron Smith is gonna play right tackle. Um so oh, they got him now at right yeah. tackle. Yeah, they're gonna move him to right tackle because Tyler Smith is held up at left tackle, surprisingly. Mm. Um, and I believe Teron Smith. Now he hasn't uh, he's been injured all year. Um, you know, still an opportunity to take advantage, but I don't think we're gonna get very many opportunities to have the old Eagle versus current Eagle on uh, crime. Yeah, they rotated them.
8: They rotated them last week, yeah. I think, or
5: maybe, maybe they'll still rotate. Maybe we'll, we'll ask John Machado about that, who we're going to have on in the second hour, but I'll end with you at Mike Gill show, not on the air today. Uh, but, uh, Josh Henning will be filling in. I'll be on at three o'clock before I hit the locker room at the Novacare complex. Um, Talk about the Eagles defense. No talk about the Eagles defense this week because of the issues on the offense, not only the injury, obviously the injury to Jalen Hurts is the biggest story, but also the game plan in, in the Eagles and how the coaching staff contributed or potentially contributed to that injury, the defense pretty good, even though, you know, they had a short field, they gave up the touchdown, but the sacks, Mike, 55 sacks that's what Philadelphia wants right they've never had through all the years of Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson and Bud Carson whoever you want to bring up Bud Carson Good. they never had this many players with six sacks you just kind of mentioned the waves they come at you with if it's not Hargrave it's Sweat if it's not Sweat it's Redick if it's not Redick it's Fletch uh all the way down to Brandon Graham and even in Dominican Sue's making plays, Lindball Joseph great pickup. Nobody talks about Lindball because he just sticks his big body in the middle there and 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 creates havoc for opposing offenses. Um, yet I get the feeling that people still aren't happy with the defense. What? Why? Why? Man,
8: I don't know. Monday, I got it, too. I I had the text board was lighting up. I can't trust Gannon. Big moments. I can't trust Gannon. Uh, You can't tell me he's not the worst uh, in a (laughs) playoff situation. Um, You know, I don't know. But they got 55 sacks. It's more sacks through 14 games than any other team in 20 years. Um, They're the best pass defense in the league. They give up the least amount of yards. But it's not the way people want to see it. They want to see guys elaborately blitzing and stunning. And they did stun a little bit. Um,
5: Oh, they stun all the time.
8: Yeah, Um, but it was more noticeable for the viewers. I think that's another thing is, you know, if you're watching the game as a fan, you might think you understand the game, but you don't know what you're watching sometimes. You're just, when you see something unfold, and they replay it for you, then you tell yourself, oh, they stunt it. But if you're watching the game in its flow and you really know and understand the game, you're watching these things happen when it's not being replayed to you and shown to you. And I think people sometimes, unless it's replayed and pointed out, their perception is, well, they just don't do it all that much. But they did it more than I had recognized on uh, my days are all messed up on Sunday against the bears, um, specifically with sweat. I thought they used him a lot more in stunts on Sunday. Maybe I'm wrong.
3: Yeah. See, um, and, and when you stunt, you, you go both inside and outside. Yeah. Um, it could have been with, uh, uh, Cargrave because Cargrave got a couple uh, sacks outside and he was the guy going outside while well, maybe sweat was the guy who was coming in. All right, By the way,
5: uh, real quick before you go, Jody, uh, they blitzed on the David Montgomery touchdown. Nobody talks about it. Didn't work. They dialed it up. Boom. They got caught. What, the knows. the
8: what happened on the play, because I was off Tuesday. What happened on the play where they scored? Uh where nobody was covering.
5: Uh that oh. th- th- that that's their quarters coverage. That's communication. That's a blown coverage. Uh, you know, and that's the problem. I always say, you know, watch the Eagles who do it the best and watch some of these other Fangio-inspired teams, you see blown coverage. That's my biggest problem with this defensive scheme. There's so many blown coverages, and why the Eagles are so good at it is because they have Slay and Bradbury. They have all these savvy players who communicate really well, whereas you see it with young corners. You see it with Minnesota all the time. They're the worst uh, pass defense. Other than Patrick Peterson, who's really good at it because he's a veteran savvy player blown coverage is all over the place, all over the place. Yeah,
8: because it was that play and then the, the Fields touchdown where, you yeah. know, the, uh, the 19 missed tackles wasn't the missed tackles. It was John Gannon doesn't know how to spy or put a defense together to combat Justin Fields running.
5: Well, nobody. Uh, who, nobody.
8: Yeah, try, uh, trying
3: that's to stop a- Justin Fields is difficult for any sure. defense when he wants yeah. to take off a man. That's
5: the best running quarterback I've ever seen. He's better than Lamar. I never he's thought not I'd say He's play. not
3: as fast as Vic, but hes I actually think he's stronger than Vic. All right, um, last one, Mike, and you know I love my hypotheticals. This is a little bit of a reach, but not awful. Last year when Minshew filled in against the Jets, 20 for 25, 240-something, two touchdowns, no picks. This Sunday against the Cowboys, what happens if he goes one better and goes 25 of 30, 300 and four touchdowns just absolutely does what Trevor Lawrence did. Abuse the corner opposite of Trayvon Diggs and be it Smith or be it hurts or even well Goddard would be against the uh, nickel guy uh, in the slot. But they just uh, pick the Cowboys apart. Minshew is uh, phenomenal numbers wise. Who starts the week after against the Saints? Jeez. Oh, well, you know that's going to happen. We can't
8: have like normal C, <laughs> especially around a team that will be fourteen and one. We
3: can't just have a normal fourteen and one, and the quarterback's coming off a twenty-five for thirty-three hundred and four touchdown day. Who's starting the week after against this? You know,
8: I, I we've had a lot. I've had a lot of discussion and thoughts about this because I am not a big fan of of sitting and resting guys, especially for three full weeks i mean that's a lot to ask but i would imagine i know where,
5: I know where jody's going with this though yeah you do yeah <laughs> i would imagine I- if- mr
3: i'm not a fan of resting guys the quarterback for the philadelphia eagles against the saints will be the ex-saint ian book That <laughs> they will also put gardner Minshew into protective wrap Because if Jalen goes down with the bad shoulder, you got to have Gardner to go to because he could be the savior. It could be Nick Foles part two. We got to protect his ass as well. Ian, get in there.
8: The Saints game, sure. I'd play book against the Saints. That game is complete. Although, you know, if you beat them, your draft pick improves. There's that element oh, of
5: the I game. I yeah. about
3: that on WIP last night. Yeah. We got to beat the Saints. Got to beat the Saints. I don't care about the Cowboys Boy. this week. We got to beat the Saints you next see week. That, Now,
5: Mike and I have had many discussions. I know we're keeping it, but we've had many discussions over the years on different sides of the fence about the process. In a lot of ways, I think Sam Hankey broke Philadelphia. They have a 13-1 football team, and they're all worried about the future, calling up about draft picks. I don't give a crap. The window is open. The window is open. Worry about that after the season. Well, you're also talking about a team
8: that lost purposely to better their draft selection.
5: Yeah, but the mentality, I'm talking about the sentiment. I'm not comparing the 6 versus. I'm talking about the sentiment of Philadelphia. Everybody's about the future, the future, the future, the future, the future. This team is 13 and one. It's about the presence. Get into the present.
8: Yeah. Well, if they win the game Saturday and book, I'm, I'm okay with that. But then in the game against the giants, do you sit everybody again? And then you're on a buy the next week. You're telling me the guys aren't going to play meaningful snaps for three weeks then you're essentially saying it's like a preseason. You, you are missing an entire preseason worth of games, which you do in the preseason, but so is everybody else. In this instance, the teams that you will face, most likely Dallas. Now, well, Dallas, they're not getting out of the five spot. So do they sit their players and not play the rest of the way here? Because, you know, Dallas, well, they will play the week before, though, against Tampa or Carolina or Atlanta or New Orleans. One of those four teams. Um, But Dallas can't get out of the five spot either. They are locked into that spot for all intents and purposes. So there's going to be a lot of weirdness going on on how these two teams, because they have it in the back of their mind. This game on Saturday means Buckus. We play again in four weeks. How are we both going to get to that point? In what manner will we both get to that game?
3: All right, Gil. Since you're off today, you're getting the metal finder out and going out on the beach and trying to make a couple of shekels. Uh, I did
8: that yesterday. <laughs> it was cold, man. It was cold down here yesterday. No, I got. <laughs> I actually, uh, I got one more run to the stores for Christmas, and then I'm going to uh, hit some happy hours, man. I never get to hit happy hours.
3: Very nice. There we go. Nice. And enjoy nice. yourself. I'm back on the air tomorrow
8: and Friday, and then I'm
3: off the rest of the year. Happy mm-hmm. hours, sir, uh, when you hop on with us. Buddy, appreciate it greatly. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk to you again next week. On Saturday, excuse me. Saturday. Enjoy. All right, everybody. See you. Thanks, Mike. Happy holidays to Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. All right. Ran a little late. Quickie timeout. Come back. Put a couple more things into the mix. Then, as we've mentioned a couple times, John Machoda, who's been on with us before to talk Cowboys, does a great job. Cowboys beat guy for the athletic. He's going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes here on
0: Street 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not
6: won the Super Bowl, what would we be
0: saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know who Phil he is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
4: Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $30,995 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $30,995 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Big Finish Sales Event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement?
2: Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401Ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: Magma mac guys here on Bird Street 65. Johnny McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen. Uh, John McShota is going to join us from the Athletic down in Dallas in less than 15 minutes from now. Uh, I, right, Johnny Mac, question for you. What Philadelphia Eagle has had the wildest last month?
5: What Philadelphia Eagle has had the wildest last month? Um, what do you mean on the field? Off the field? What are we talking about? Uh, on the field. What LG the has had the wildest last month? Um,
3: it's a, kind of a trick question. I'm. I'm yeah. I am i know. It worrying. isn't. It isn't. But I'll I'll cut to the chase and give it to you because they're too good. To, they kind of I'll give you one. Right. Read Blankenship. I don't know. Because a month ago, his job was stay in your damn lane on special teams, Reed. We're not great on special teams. We need you to get down there and make tackles. He went from that to being forced in because Chauncey Gardner Johnson gets hurt. He jumps up over, at least I mean, the coaches knew, and maybe Reed knew, but I didn't know. I don't know if John McMullen knew or not, that he was ahead of a more highly drafted player in the depth chart of safeties. He gets in, he makes some plays, he opens some eyes. Oh, yeah, he, he...
5: played great, actually. Yeah.
3: Exactly, except for the one play where he took a bad angle on Watson and the kid went off to the to the race at 60-some-odd yards in the back or eagle game. Other than that, he was playing really well. Then he gets hurt, and we start talking about, oh, my God, how are they going to live without Reed Blankenship? And sure enough, he's back in and he's got a chance to play. He wants to have one more good game to really open some eyes because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will be eligible to return the week after. You talk about peaks and valleys and peaks. But of... nobody was talking about Reed Blank. He went from being a minimal contributor on special teams to, oh, he's in the game. Well, you don't know what he's going to give us to. Damn, that guy is good. How can we afford to lose him? Oh, they lose him. How are we going to live without him? So yeah. now the position they're in this week, I'd say that he's had the wildest month. Would you not?
5: Well, you never expect an undrafted guy to come in and play. Well, uh, and a lot of times you don't even expect him to play. Um, and that's, you know, and I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are guilty of it. They never get off that, that tag uh, undrafted. And look, these guys miss TJ Edwards. Best example of that. TJ Edwards right. is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Not, not on the eagle in the NFL. They missed because he had a bad day running. One, you know, think about that, Jody. You wake up one day and you have a bad day, and that's it. You know, people label you for the rest of your life. That's they do that too often in the NFL. Um, you know, throw out the film. Uh, I always bring up TJ because he was he was a great linebacker at Wisconsin. He was second in the Butkus voting. Uh, to Roquan Smith, he was great college player, but he ran a four eight seven. They said we can't play in the NFL. Uh, it's dumb. Um, in Marie Blankenship's case, I won't say it's similar because he played at Middle Tennessee State, but you know Kevin Bayard came from there, um, uh, who's a very good safety, all pro safety for for Tennessee. Um, started five years there was a very good player, uh, granted, uh, not again, not Alabama. Uh, never mind Wisconsin. Um, so I'm not saying it was obvious, but he can play and, and DK McDonald and, and, and Denard uh, Wilson deserve a lot of re, uh, credit for, you know behind the scenes in practice and saying, okay, this kid's better than Kayvon Wallace. Let's go to him. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Jonathan Gannon gave them the credit. It's to, uh, to the secondary coach, D.K.'s his assistant. Um, and, you know, it's a meritocracy and, and credit to them. Um, and he played well. And as you mentioned, he got hurt. Um, and I was there. I mean, they were, they were fearful that that was a season-ending injury. Right. And all of a sudden, it comes uh, uh, comes out as a sprain. He's out one week, and he was a full participant yesterday. Now, granted, it was a walkthrough, um, so it's an estimation. But that is an indication he's going to play um, in Dallas. So, you know, they kind of piecemealed it. I talked about that on yesterday's show with Abonte Maddox and Kayvon Wallace, who both played well. Mm-hmm. Played well, too. But all of a sudden, he popped up on the injury report. He didn't practice yesterday. Again, estimation uh, with a hip injury. Um, Stars are aligning for this team. You lose one, here comes another one back. You know, Chauncey, I saw Chauncey in the locker room. Uh, It was his birthday yesterday. Was it? So he looks, um, I don't know if he's going to be back January 1st because, you know, look at Dallas Goddard. Uh, They waited an extra week, you know, but it's his old team. I think he wants to be back for that game. So we'll see how that shakes out.
3: Yeah, let me ask you a question about that. Sorry to interrupt. They activated Dallas Goddard yesterday. When the Eagles have had guys come off the IR, and there's only been a handful of them, but they basically waited till game day every week to reactivate guys off the IR. They did this on Tuesday. Well, What's Saturday
5: the before the game. You right, Whatever the date yeah, is. Yeah, they yeah.
3: wait until the last possible yeah. hour that you can put in reinstatement. Four o'clock Saturday. Do yeah. why, why days in advance for this one?
5: Because he was ready to go Saturday, and they didn't play him. Uh, you know, maybe because of the weather. I think because of the opponents, uh, he was ready to go. Uh, and we were all waiting there at four o'clock because they do it. And we're all ready to write the Dallas Goddard's activated story. And it didn't activate him. Uh, but he was ready to go. He was ready to play. And the Eagles, who claim they don't do uh, things like uh, gauging the opponent, they did. They And I used that term yesterday on the show. A little hubris. And they thought they could get through another game without Dallas. And they got through it. Um. And they saw Dallas on the horizon. They claim they don't do it. They did it. They did it. They, they right, played but the you still
3: You still haven't answered my question. You've given me a good answer, but not an answer to my question. Why Tuesday? If, and you and I have both said this here on Birds 365, for me, and I think you're with me, two ridiculous ends, Nick Sirianni lives for the competitive advantage to hold back information so that the opponent can't get it. And somehow, at least in his own mind, believe he's getting a leg up because they're keeping certain things under wraps. You know, I know the Cowboys know everything about God and he was probably ready to go. But if you don't activate him, he can still practice because they opened up his practice window. But they didn't have to announce that he was activated until this week would be Friday because it's a Saturday game. Why did they go ahead and do it on Tuesday?
5: Um, you know, maybe it was the 21st. I'm trying to remember when they I have to look up when when they started his window. Um, oh, you think on the back end he only had 21 days. Yeah, so, yeah. you
3: might be right there. I didn't think yeah. about
5: that. Um, that's my guess. I'll double check during the break. Um, yeah, that it was probably just that that kind of uh, um, up against the rule, and you had to do it by you know technically it would be Wednesday, but everything's moved up a day this week, and Tuesday is their Wednesday, so that's my guess. But so I so today to is
3: yesterday. since they had walked through Wednesday on Tuesday. Yeah, today's
5: the big. Uh, today's the big practice. Big, big practice. Thursday practice. You're gonna be out yeah. there
3: in pads, hitting and. Getting in each other. Yeah, no chance whatsoever.
5: Not in this cold.
3: (laughs) And that that did kind of annoy me yesterday about Sirianni when he talked about the reps that Gardner Minshew gets, that they go so hard to make sure that he's getting reps. They want them. Stop it. The Eagles just don't practice. I know the entire league doesn't practice, but he made it sound like, oh, they're staying hours after practice to get Gardner Minshew reps so that he's ready for this emergency situation because Jalen Hurts got hurt. No, they're not. Nobody is. Nobody around the league is because the league is so um, regulated by the CBA and the Eagles self-regulate and don't do much work because they want to preserve their players. I thought that was, we've used this word too many times already today, disingenuous out of the coach yesterday talking about how Gardner Minshew gets more reps than other quarterbacks around the league
4: no he doesn't
3: uh, just stop it you, you can't can't bring that weak stuff to Eagles uh, Nation
5: yeah that's All the right. theme disingenuous today that's the theme
3: there has been some disingenuous things said in the last 48 hours uh, we try not to be disingenuous McMullen and McDonald here at Young Birds 365 we're guaranteeing you another JM John Mashota from the Athletic Cowboys beat guy he's going to jump in with us next give you a little bit of a Dallas perspective for the upcoming matchup between the Eagles and Cowboys here on
0: Birds 365. Postgame show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we
6: not won the Super Bowl, what would we be
0: saying? And Mike Missinelli. Well, you know who Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
6: fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? Fifty-eight years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or New Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Big Finish Sales Event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement?
2: Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401Ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds Three Sixty Five with John McMonna. I'm Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac. He's not a Mac, but he's a JM, and that's one of the reasons why we like him. That and he knows what the hell he's talking about when it comes to the Cowboys. John Machota from the Athletic jumping in board with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Uh, James, first thing first uh have a happy holiday you know you'll enjoy the game on Sunday and McMullen will say hi to you in the press box when he gets down there uh, for the weekend no
5: i'm not going i'm not going out. christmas eve yeah and i'm very disappointed from the spread standpoint i mean, john knows jerry's got the best spread in the business but uh yeah because it's christmas eve we've been uh we're doing it remote Jody. Okay. we're doing the the pregame the the halftime the postgame show remote so I'm not going to see John, and I'm disappointed by that. Are Thank you going to?
3: So, and John, we invite you on the show, and then I got to talk to my partner. Are you just going to sit in front of your oceans? Casino, yeah. You know, back yeah, up. Or? Exactly. So you're not even going down to oceans. You're going to be. Uh, broadcasting live home, from the ocean. Home
5: studio, baby. Over
3: your shoulder. All right, good. Christmas I did not know So at
5: least the wife won't be angry at me. She'll <laughs> be angry at me for other reasons, but not for <laughs>
3: uh, being in Dallas right. on Christmas Eve. JM, here's where I want to start with you. I just asked our previous hour guest. you would know better. If you look at the NFL stats on whatever page you check, NFL.com or ESPN. Cowboys versus the run, Cowboys versus the pass. They're one of the best teams against the pass in the national football, yards per game. Eagles are first, Cowboys are third. Eagles against the run, like eighth or ninth, Cowboys against the run, 25th. They're like one of the worst teams defending the run this year. Yet I've watched their last two games and I watched the lowly Texans pass the ball all over the lot against them. And then Trevor Lawrence tearing them apart this past week. What's happened to the Cowboys past defense?
9: Well, first, I just want to say, John, that's such a smart move on your part not to come down here for this game. <laughs> uh, I literally just read a story about how that's going to be the busiest day. Uh, Saturday, or, well, Friday will be the busiest day uh, at the Dallas Fort Worth uh, airport. And so to be avoiding that, like I, when this schedule came out, the first thing I looked at, I was like, man, the Eagles writers are oh, gonna fly up here man. like the day before or well, two days before christmas and then fly back on christmas i mean i get it if the game had a little bit more meaning i guess and and it's really lost some of that with the way the cowboys have played but yeah i think you i think you're doing the smart thing by not making that trip but no um i would say this with the run defense it's particularly been on the perimeter a lot of um reverses a lot of just getting um, zone plays out, out wide, making the corners have to make tackles. There's not getting the right edge contained that they've had in, in previous seasons. You know, this was an issue two years ago, uh, where they were probably the worst run defense in Cowboys history. And then they go and hire Dan Quinn and and he had that trending in the right direction last year where you thought, okay, this is really going to take another step in it. And this year there's just been, there's been some good games, but there's been some ones where you're just like, yeah, you do this against a playoff team like the Eagles, you know, you do this in the postseason, you're going home. And so uh there as far as the passing defense wise, that was really hurt against Trevor Lawrence because of the Cowboys losing their second corner Anthony Brown out for the season uh, with an Achilles injury and so they haven't been able to find who that number two outside corner is and and I I don't think that there's a very good answer on their roster and they're kind of stuck with what they have right now between Kelvin Joseph Nation Wright they've brought some new guys into the building recently Kendall Sheffield Mackenzie Alexander Trayvon Mullen I mean they're not they're not going to be guys that are going to blow anybody away um with, with with this great play but they're kind of going to have to try and figure this thing out like they're great on one side with Trayvon Diggs but every quarterback's going to be targeting that other, that other corner. And, and so yeah. that's been an issue, but even with it, there's too much talent on this defense for them to be playing as poorly as they have second half against Houston, that second half against green Bay, you go Houston, there's, you know, few last few minutes of the third quarter, Cowboys are up 17 with this Cowboys defense, 17 against the, against the Jags should be enough. You go back to the game, uh, against green bay they're up 14 in the fourth quarter that should be enough for this defense especially not even against a good green bay team uh, so there are there are serious concerns there on, on that defense because it's just looking like a, like this cowboy season is going the same way as last year where they started hot and then they just started dwindling down the back stretch and what did that lead to a disappointing uh performance in the playoffs
5: Well, let's talk about what's keep it on the defense, John. Dan Quinn, obviously, uh, one of the better defensive coordinators in this league. Um, Is he pulling out his imaginative, I can say that as a fellow ball guy, imaginative hair, um, trying to decide who to prepare for? That's a big thing. Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts? I'm of the belief if you're ready for Jalen Hurts, you're ready for Gardner Minshew. What these competitive advantage are, are? the Cowboys wringing their hands, thinking about who's going to play quarterback in this game?
9: So, it, it's interesting because yesterday in the locker room, one of the leaders on this defense is, is J. Ryan Curse, and and he is probably their most vocal leader. And he said it as locker room for about 10, 15 minutes, answering every single question and just talked about how, you know, they've had team meetings, they've had player only meetings. like they, there's been all these all this talk, but it's what's on film that they, that they need to put out better film against. It's not just about playing the Eagles. It's about how they've looked against poor teams. And so I don't know that they're really that focused. I don't believe they're that focused on, the Eagles and who's quarterback as much as they have to fix some tackling issues, they have to fix some issues on the back end, biting on double moves that are leading to these big touchdowns that are, you know, these big momentum swings in games, these big plays they're allowing that they typically were not allowing earlier in the season. They believe if they take care of that, then they will play like they did there the following week after they lost to the Packers and that brutal overtime loss, the you know next game they play, They get the Vikings. They beat them 40 to three. Their defense that day was going to shut down anybody. It didn't matter if they were going against Mahomes, Josh Allen, whatever Jalen hurts. Like they, they were just locked down. You could tell that there was a fire lit under them. They were just very, very sound. Um, Micah Parsons had a great game. Like, like those are all things that if those happen, it doesn't matter who they play. They're fine. But it's, it's been a while since that's happened. All right. Since
3: you brought up Micah Parsons playing a great game. Um, As of last week, Michael Parsons was persona non grata number one here in Philadelphia because of the answer he gave on the uh, Boyd Miller podcast. And so he talked to talk, and John and I were two of the very few who actually thought it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. He was actually praising the rest of the Eagles, not denigrating uh, the, uh, the MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts. But it got him in a lot of trouble here in Philadelphia, at least with the Philadelphia fan base. When you do something like that, and to his credit, he came back out the next day and tried to explain a little bit and walk it back a little bit, but not all that much. After you do something like that, don't you need to come out and walk the walk after you talk the talk? And he had a two-tackle. One of them was a a, a sack, the only Cowboy sack this past week, but he had a two-tackle game. What happened to Micah Parsons' game last week against the Jaguars?
9: I think one of the things that's happening with Micah is – the wear and tear of an NFL season playing mostly on the, on the defensive line is starting to catch up with them. Not many major injuries, but you know, little things, uh, that, that coupled with the fact that let's be honest, every time the Cowboys play a game, the offense is sending multiple guys over to Micah Parsons. It's it, the game plan is very clear that, you guys might beat us, but you guys are not gonna do it with Micah Parsons getting three, four sacks and just wrecking this game. You know, I talk about that mm-hmm. Minnesota game if they play Green Bay. I mean, that that first possession that that Minnesota has the ball. You know, I mean they're at home, that building's rocking Sunday Night Football, and Micah just wrecks the game. Very, very first third down uh, gets clean over to Kirk Cousins, sacks him, fumble. Just, I mean, just a huge play in the game. There, you should lose your job as an offensive coordinator. If you aren't sending multiple guys over to, to to Micah Parsons. And and I'm not saying it just has to be double teams all the time, but it, you better be at least chipping and whatever. And and Micah's seeing that from everyone. And it, and obviously that frustrates him, but that's what comes with it. And so it makes me think a little bit of, you know, that that Rams defense that won Super Bowl last year. Yeah, you can do that to uh Aaron Donald, but then Von Miller is gonna make you pay for doing that. The Cowboys have to have somebody else to make them pay for all that attention that's going to Micah Parsons, and they just really haven't had that the last couple of weeks. One sack in the last two games for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a team that came in two weeks ago to that Texans game, averaging four sacks a game. And they've only had one in the last two games. And one is Micah Parsons. Um, but, and he could probably do more, but he needs more help around him. Some of these guys got to take advantage of, of these situations and get to the quarterback. Now, Philadelphia, they, they run their quarterback a lot more, especially when they've had hurts out there. Um, Trevor Lawrence did a great job of getting the ball out quick. There wasn't a lot of, you know, sitting back there. Tom Brady obviously does the best, the best at that. So those are ways to beat them, but there still has to be enough plays out there that you make here and there that, I mean, Dorrance Armstrong, has had a very good year uh, as one of their uh, reserve defensive ends, and he had a chance to get home on Trevor Lawrence, would have ended that game uh, in, in the fourth quarter, and Trevor Lawrence slips out. I mean, those are plays that you just absolutely have to have at this level, and there haven't been enough of those from guys outside of number 11.
5: Yeah, uh, John, the first time the Eagles played the Cowboys, Nick Sirianni was pretty honest about Micah Parsons and said, if you can't block him, read him uh, with the quarterback and zone reads and and sort of Jalen Hurts puts you in that uh, position. Uh, but Gardner Minshew is likely to start, so it's not going to be as effective to just read Micah Parsons. So maybe you do have to uh, put more people uh, – it's interesting to me from the Cowboys. They're still number one in the NFL when it comes to pressure percentage. So uh, I talked to Jonathan Gannon a lot. You know, he's of the belief and the Eagles lead the NFL with 55 sacks. You know, they play Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill recently. Quarterbacks who allow you to sack, not allow you, but to hold on to the football. So you have an opportunity to get those sacks. Are the Cowboys still getting that same type of pressure and the sacks aren't just coming, or has the pressure rate been down as well?
9: Yeah, I don't, they haven't been getting as much pressure. There's still enough there to maybe not get four sacks a game, but they should have had a a couple in each of these last two games. And and there's just a trickle down to that. When they're not getting that and you're not getting that same play on the back end, next thing you know, guys are, you know, getting out of their gaps, not doing their job, the run game's going off. And there's just, there's too much of that recently for a defense that should be you know one of if not the best in the nfl in terms of the talent that they have on the field so um i i don't i don't i don't see as much pressure as they've gotten earlier i I haven't looked at the at the stats and you know the pro football focus and things like that on if what the exact percentages but just watching the games these last two weeks no they certainly haven't now like i said lawrence got the ball out quick and houston did a good job with kind of a a college offense by rotating in Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, just, you just don't see it very much at the NFL level Yeah, that clearly kept them, uh, you know, off balance there. And that was effective and helped them really. I mean, credit to Lovey Smith and the Texans for, I mean, that was a great game plan. I mean, it took it down to the end. They almost won the game. So I don't know if, if you're going to see necessarily that same thing when you play some of these better teams, you know, like Philadelphia. Um, But there's no question that, it's not just us seeing it and going, what's wrong with this defense. The players in the locker room know that it's that what they've been putting out there lately is not up to the standard of what they should be playing at.
3: All right. Uh, confirm or deny this rumor that this week, Michael Gallup's picture was seen on the back of milk cartons <laughs> in Dallas because he just flat out disappeared against Jacksonville. this what last week, two targets, one catch for two yards he was supposed to be the guy who was going to allow the Cowboys to let Amari Cooper walk to Cleveland this year and get traded for next-to-nothing shooting. I want to correctly uh, describe the <laughs> transaction. Uh, what What's happened to Michael Gallup?
9: You know, and this this isn't just this game. I mean, this has happened um, a couple times this year where there's been games where he only gets a couple targets or and, and doesn't even make a grab. and And you're sitting there thinking, well, this was supposed to be, you know, your clear number two. You know, you let Amari Cooper go. The, the thing that factors in to this is still that he had that significant knee injury at the end of the regular season last year. It caused him to miss the first few games of this season. And I don't know that he's been completely right since then. And I don't know, you know, I've never had an ACL injury, but I just know that there is a mental side to it where you have to trust that your knee is back, that you can do the same stuff you, you've done before. And I don't know that Michael Gallup has gotten all the way back to where he was before the injury. And I, and I don't know if it's a mental thing or there are still some limitations with the knee, but he just hasn't looked like the same Michael Gallup since coming back this season. So I think that's factored in. And then the other side of it is that, I mean, Dak Prescott has has been comfortable throwing to guys that aren't his number one and number two wide receivers. Now, obviously through to CD lamb la- a lot last week, but he threw a ton to Noah Brown, a guy that, you know, came into this season, we thought would maybe be like their fourth receiver. He's clearly been their three in some games. They've been there two, And then he has the costly, you know, drop tip pass. And in, in overtime that ends up leading to the pick six that ends the game. So, I mean, Noah Brown, I think is a solid, you know, three or four receiver. I don't think that he should be your number two. That's why, you know, I don't know that Michael Gallup is going to get back to this season where you see him get a hundred yard game and a couple touchdowns. You know, I think that, um, I think that he's a he's been a solid three. I don't know that he's played like a two this year, so I think that's why they're kind of hoping that this week, I think you'll see T.Y. Hilton. I think they'll work him more into the offense, and maybe him and Gallup are kind of like a 2A, 2B, and 2C is Noah Brown. They really don't have like that, like they've had in previous years where you're just clearly, this is Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. If they're healthy, those are your three receivers, and let's roll. It's, it's not really been like that with this team. I mean, Dak's favorite target is clearly C.D. Lamb. His second favorite target is his tight end, Dalton Schultz.
5: Yeah, and they're deep at tight end. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm jealous uh, of you about, John, the fellow Cowboys beat writers, is the owner talks every week. He never shuts <laughs> up. Um, you know, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., um, I think he recently said the Cowboys have clearly taken a step behind uh, the Eagles and the Niners. I mean, this is good stuff. Obviously, can't say the Vikings because they destroyed <laughs> Minnesota. Um, uh, number one, do you is this stuff? Do you think this stuff is good for the Cowboys? When, when does it light a fire? Is that what Jerry's trying to do? Why does he? We know the ego part of it, but. How do you think it affects the team when he comes out and says, we've taken a step behind the Eagles and 49ers?
9: You know, I don't even know if it has to do with football. I think it just, I don't know. I think it has some little bit to do with age. As you get older, the less you want to change. I think that's true for most people. And this is how Jerry's always done it. Yeah. And Jerry's not going to change for anyone. (laughs) You can sit there and tell him that, Hey, Jerry, this might not be a good thing, you know, I don't know if you look at the track record here. Haven't had the team back in the Super Bowl since '95. Maybe let's not go about it this route, and and that might get Jerry to not say something interesting for a day or two. But ultimately, (laughs) those instincts kick back in, and so he's gonna. I will say that you know nationally, certainly it seems like you know the Odell Beckham thing is a big Cowboys topic. Locally, I I feel. I don't mind it, but I, I you get the sense that people are worn out with it, especially on social media. You just really, anytime you're tweeting about it now, it's just like, we don't care. We've moved on. It's like, I understand you have, and I understand 99% of Cowboys fans and everybody else in the NFL probably has, but Jerry Jones has not moved on. And so because of that, you're going to have to keep hearing about it. But um, I don't, I never got the sense that that was any type of distraction. You know, uh, it wasn't a distraction in terms of the most important people you think it would be with is, Hey, how does Michael Gallup feel about this? CD Lamb, Noah Brown. And, and I mean, you haven't really heard anything. And, and frankly, I don't think it would matter because of the fact that, let's be honest, just look at that. This isn't like you are last year with three number one caliber receivers. You need help yeah. at wide receivers. So yeah. how can you sit there and be whatever about this? You know, just like them bringing in T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, well, if you're playing better and and you're and there's more production at wide receiver, you're not going to get Ty Hilton. You know, a big thing that factors into this is not only that Michael Gallup hasn't played and performed up to the level he has in previous years, but also the fact that they spend a third round pick on Jalen Tolbert at wide receiver and they've gotten nothing from him. And they were not expecting that. They were, they weren't expecting him to be a number one or two. They thought he could be their number three this year, and that hasn't happened at all. Cavante Turpin, their punt and kick returner, he hasn't factored in in, in that part either. So they've needed another receiver. So that part of it, I don't think has been any type of distraction. And, and and frankly, I, I just get the sense that guys on the Cowboys know that, you know, Jerry's going to talk after every game, he's going to talk on the radio. And I think Mike McCarthy does a good job of, you know, with the team being like, we got to focus on ourselves and we can't worry about all those things that happen on the outside because it's just always going to be there with Jerry. I mean, you just have to, you know, like they say, it comes with a dinner.
3: (laughs) Weird dynamic to this game, John, in that, um, it's Eagles-Cowboys, the natural rivalry that it is. The Cowboys still can at least mathematically win the division. The Eagles haven't locked it up yet, but it's going to be very difficult for the Eagles to blow this division, but they can. Um, yet I get the feeling that Dak Prescott has just got three more regular season hurdles to get over, and then his season starts. Because it's all about the playoffs with Dak. He's a very good quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. He's surely a better than average quarterback. It's the same thing every single year. And then it comes down to did the Cowboys win that first playoff game or not? And that's what Dak Prescott is going to be judged upon. How does he deal with that on a week in week out basis, knowing that the Cowboys are where they are and you got to finish it out, but it all is going to come down to that playoff run that they either will or won't make. How does he deal with that?
9: Yeah, I don't think it's an issue with him. I mean, he's built for this at this point. I mean, again, you just – you look at most teams being the franchise quarterback. There's a lot on your plate, obviously. But we go back to just, you know, the previous thing we were talking about with Jerry Jones. I feel like you go through two or three seasons with being the franchise quarterback and Jerry Jones is the team owner, general manager. And you're, you've are you gone through so many different things that it gets to a point for, where it doesn't really – the whole spotlight and all that I've never thought it's bothered Dak to be honest with you, to give you a, an example, just from this season, it never bothered him at all. When Jerry said that, at least not, I never saw any signs of it. When Jerry said that he'd welcome a quarterback controversy, when, when Dak was out and they brought in Cooper rush. And then what does Cooper rush do? He wins four games in a row. And you're sitting there going, man, and you turn on the TV, Dak Prescott obviously owns a, a few televisions in his house. Uh he, He's on social media. He sees how there's, there's plenty of people that are out there like, should Dak get the job back? And he never was, you know, he never wavered in any of this. So I completely agree with you that it it, it will be decided on what he does in, in the postseason. And hey, the way everything's shaping up right now, it looks like that first playoff game for the Cowboys will be at Tampa Bay against Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you have the opportunity to beat a Tom Brady who's never lost to the Cowboys. Who knows? Maybe this is Tom Brady's, you know, last go at it. I think that that sets up well for the Cowboys. I just think that there'll be a lot of storylines with that. I think this team can certainly go to a Tampa Bay and find ways to beat that team. It's clearly not a Tampa Bay team of the last couple of years. And I think getting past a Tom Brady in the playoffs, even though we know it's not the same Bucks team, I think that would do a lot for the team's confidence. I think it would do a lot for the DAC narrative. If they was able to get past it, that'd be a second playoff win. You'd be able to get past Tom Brady. You know, those stories would write themselves. I think that could be the thing that catapults you to that next level because you're right. It's the same thing as it was with Tony Romo. It doesn't matter the yards or the wins or anything you do during the regular season. If you're not winning during the postseason, I mean, this is an organization that's had Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Like, you're just not going to be – uh, you're just always going to have the doubters. You're always going to have the naysayers until you finally reach that. And and, and Dak knows that, but yeah, there, I agree with you. That, that is absolutely how he'll be judged. These interceptions right now, it ain't it ain't gonna matter if if he goes into the playoffs and throws three touchdowns and no interceptions. They beat the Bucs go on in the second round. He plays well in that game, and who knows what happens after that? It'll quiet a lot of people down. You know, I mean, look at look who led the uh, league in interceptions last year was Matthew Stafford with seventeen. It wasn't like he all of a sudden just changed in, in the playoffs. He had three in the postseason. He went on and won the Super Bowl, and that changes the narrative with Matthew Stafford. Is I mean, I'm a guy from Detroit. You know, I know what the Matthew Stafford <laughs> narrative was, yeah. but you get you get that one playoff run, and and it, and it changes the way people look at you.
5: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you, you bring up that landscape, John, and it's it, there's no guarantees, but it's looking very likely that the Eagles and Cowboys are going to see each other for a third time. So I wonder if that's in the back of people's minds, and we don't want to show this, we don't want to show that, certainly from the Eagles' standpoint, because – they need one game. The magic number, so to speak, is one. Uh, but they got three games. You know, it's very unlikely the Eagles are going to lose out. The Cowboys are going to win out. So uh, it's probably going to end up that way. You think any of that creeps into the thinking of either team's son?
9: It's funny you say it because I, when I saw that Jalen Hurts had the injury and that he might not play this week – The fact that when they played the first time, Dak wasn't there and it was Cooper Rush. It kind of reminded me of the NBA during the regular season when you have some of these, you know, like Christmas Eve games or Christmas Day, I should say, games where you'll have these big matchups. Like they'll put these two, you know, all these teams could see each other and play. And there's always like one player, key player that doesn't play. And you're like, well, is this really a preview? You know, is this really going to be preview of, of warriors calves? Clay Thompson's not playing in this game. He'll be playing there. And I just feel like the NBA is always doing that, you know, whether it's Spurs, Lakers, all that. So I feel like there's a little bit of that here going where you kind of see the Cowboys win in this game and then meeting in the divisional round in Philadelphia with both teams, full strength. And it just, I mean, for TV, it's it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and TV is a ratings, darling. It'll just yeah. all the build up oh, to yeah. this is, do we really know what these two teams are? They haven't been, you know, fully healthy the, the times they play each other. They will be for this game. So I do think to a certain extent, yeah, if you're the Eagles, I could see them maybe, maybe holding some stuff back. I don't see it with the Cowboys, though just because of the way they've been playing recently. It's not just the loss to the Jags, but let's be honest. It's, it's the Jags game. It's the Texans game. It's the first three quarters of the Colts game before they turned it on. You know, I think the Cowboys would be just fine showing whatever they have if they could play the way they did after they lost to Green Bay. When they went to Minnesota, I'm not saying they would beat the Eagles 43, that's not going to happen, but if they put in a convincing effort like that, I think that would do more for them than trying to like hide some things, let's not show this, let's not show these wrinkles or anything like that. I think they need to win and play as well as they possibly can in this game. Because they cannot go into the playoffs like they did last year where, you know, they had that late Arizona loss. And then they, yeah, they they beat up on a couple of teams. And then it just didn't feel like they were clicking on all cylinders. They need to be hitting on all cylinders right now. They need to get the bad taste out of their mouth of, of that Jacksonville game
3: very astute of you to put the spurs into your nba analogy
5: oh yeah they started it all they haven't
3: been a christmas factor the last couple of years right but if there's one guy who would say uh merry christmas everybody i'm gonna play who i want to it's greg popovich he'd do it more than anybody else on the planet right matter of fact so good on you all right last thing for me john and i want your opinion if you want to mold your opinion with what you've heard with uh, the locker room access and uh, who you know and the coaching staff, what the players may or may not have said. Feel free, but I need your opinion. For the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew, the key thing that Dallas has to do is what?
9: It's really play sound defense. It's not even about uh, oh, they got to get a bunch of takeaways or, or they got to get a bunch of sacks. It's just playing disciplined, sound defense. And I think the biggest telltale sign of that, at least what I've seen is probably like this for most NFL teams, but from this particular defense is you'll know by their tackling, you know, when they have tackled well, and, and, and there hasn't been, uh, you know, the three-yard gain turning into the 10-yard gain or 20-yard gain, and they've just been solid defensively, everything will take care of itself. Now, if I just had to point to one player, if you tell me Micah Parsons wrecks the game, the Cowboys will win the game. That, that This Cowboys team is mostly gone, as Micah has. And I know I understand the NFL. This isn't like the NBA. There are so many players that factor into so many things. But the reason the Cowboys, if you had to point to one player, the reason the Cowboys are going to back-to-back uh, playoffs for the first time since oh six oh seven. The reason that they've gotten to double digit wins since the nineteen ninety-five-96 seasons, it's because they added Micah Parsons to this defense and he's been such a game changer for this organization. You know, they did not think they were getting that when they drafted him. And no, so you know what you did. have, on, yeah. You People know were looking
5: having. at him as an all-ball linebacker. I mean, right. Jody will tell you, I said this kid's an edge rusher. I take credit for that, John.
9: Yeah. <laughs> so and, and and hey, well I don't want to get too far off topic, but there's also part of me though that looks at that as like Maybe that shortens his career, though, because yeah he's yeah. not built like he's built no, more like a not. linebacker. And yeah. so how much of that wear and tear is he going to be able to take? And so I think that will factor in going forward with the way he is coached and, and the way that they use him. where I, I just don't think going forward you're going to see him just be a, de- a defensive end, even though that's his best spot. I think that they have to use him in different ways to move him around. But if you tell me he comes out and sets the tone early and, and, and has some some huge plays in this game, the, the Cowboys will, will be fine. They'll be fine against anybody if that happens. Uh, he is such a key for the way it just, you know, such a catalyst. Obviously, Dak can play well. That's a huge part of it. But just Micah is such a catalyst for the rest of this team and the way everything goes. That If he plays well, everything else takes care of itself.
5: At John Machoda, follow him on Twitter. Does a tremendous job for The Athletic uh, covering the Cowboys podcast about them Cowboys. By the way, it should be about them Cowboys. Uh, it is about them Cowboys. About Denda, DEN, though.
9: Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I got you. I no, got you. But I did. Uh, <laughs> now, all
5: the injury-related uh, uh, talk this week's about Jalen Hurts, understandably so. But the Cowboys had a walkthrough on Tuesday as well, so they had an estimation bunch of limited players. So I just wanted to check in. We know Leighton Vander Esch is not playing, correct? That is that is that official at this point?
9: Yeah, uh, they they dodged a bullet there because he's had uh, some serious neck issues in the past and they thought it was a neck, but it's actually a shoulder issue. But yeah, he's not going to play in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play uh, until the playoffs. I think they're going to want to try and rest him. But yeah, he's not going to play in this game. And that's a big loss because when I talk about that being sure. Sure-handed in the tackling area, he's their best in that. And so, without him, I, you know, they lost him early in that Jags game. I think that that was a big factor there. That's a big loss for their defense. And oh, wait, about a sure.
5: bunch of a bunch of limited guys we talked about already: uh, Dorrance, Armstrong, Noah Brown, uh, J. Ron Curse. We talked about Demarcus Lawrence. Are they all on track to play?
9: Yeah, yeah, all the all of them will play. Micah didn't wasn't part of it yesterday with an illness, but no, those guys will all play.
5: All
3: right, uh, and John and I talked about this before we brought you on. And said, oh, well, we got to ask Machode. he'll know. What's the offensive line going to look like, left to right? Oh yeah. With the the guys in and out of the lineup, and uh, the Smith boys now at book and tackles, how are they going to line up? Are we going to see our buddy Jason Peters at all <laughs> in the game on sa- Saturday night? I,
9: I think you will. I think you will for a couple of series because they're still in the process of ramping up Tyron Smith, just because he's missed the entire season with this with the. Uh... Um, hamstring injury that he had. So here's the thing. Tyron has been dealing with these injuries and it's hasn't been one thing. It's been multiple injuries that have shortened his season. Each of the last, I think goes back to 2016. So this is just, you kind of, okay, how long are you going to have him for? But if they have Tyron Smith and he's healthy, what they showed uh, against the Jags is that that they'll be just fine on the offensive line, like him playing right tackle. There were a couple of little plays where it looked like he had some rust. He hasn't played right tackles since his his rookie year. in in 2011, he played right tackle a little bit, uh, you know, at at USC, but he won't have an issue there. And there, and obviously right next to him is Zach Martin at right guard. I mean, that's just such a great combination to have when you lose your starting right tackle and Terrence Steele. they'll be fine there, but you got, but do you know, that Tyron Smith is going to be healthy for the rest of this season in the playoffs. That's the big thing because here the Jason Peters, when Jason Peters has been out there, he's looked fine. The issue is that Jason Peters can't play a full game and they don't trust the idea of him playing just because of his, I mean, he's 40 the health and all that, even though he did average about 55, 60 snaps last year for a game for the bears. But that's not the same Jason Peters now, because if he could go the entire game, they would be fine with him at right tackle, but or left, but that because that's not there, He's got to be their swing tackle. But the way that Tyler Smith, the rookie, has played at left tackle has made this all possible because he's exceeded expectations and and held his own out there. And so moving Tyron Smith in at right tackle, they're fine. If he can stay healthy, their offensive line is in good shape. But that's a big if.
3: John Machota, I'm giving you special permission. When you get up on the food line, you are allowed to say, John McMullen said I could have his portion. So you can take <laughs> double because McMullen's not going down. Yeah,
5: I know Jerry's going all out for Christmas Eve. I, I that that's like four star dining for <laughs> NFL reporters in, in Dallas. Yeah. No, it John, does.
9: It is it is great. I and you know, going to all these other stadiums and stuff, there's wow, other it's, good it's ones. It's phenomenal. But, but it's, yeah, it's it's tough to beat. And and, yeah. and and it's funny that you said, Jody, about the getting the seconds and stuff like that, because there are some places you go to where, you know, they scan your your yeah. Uh, add oh, whatever. Yeah. And then you only yeah. go, I mean, ATT, you can go up 10 times if you want. They don't, <laughs> no one's going to say anything. They just keep bringing out food. So no, it near yeah. it, you're, you're right. It's absolutely amazing. I feel like I take it for granted sometimes. Yeah. So I'm glad you bring that up.
3: You don't need the McMullen <laughs> permission.
9: Gotcha. Uh, John,
3: great stuff. We appreciate whenever you come on, you know, if there is a third matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys this year, come January, we'll be reaching out again to get you back on. Thanks for jumping in today. Have a happy holiday. to Enjoy the game on Saturday.
9: Absolutely. And I hope that happens, not just to come on the show again, but I just think it would be great for the NFL to just have these two rivals go at it in, in a huge playoff game. I just, not that the NFL needs help. I mean, yeah. believe me there. And I think it is
5: going to happen. I yeah. think it is going to happen. I think it's destined. The Cowboys are going to beat the box, as you mentioned, and it's going to be divisional round Eagles, Cowboys.
3: Been a while. We could use it. John, yes, great sir. stuff. Thanks bud. Thank you. Guys. Thanks Sean. John Mishota from The Athletic here with us on Birds 365. Uh, John and I effort each week to try and get someone on from whoever the Eagles' opponent's town is who covers the team um, leading up to each Eagle game. Mishota's is good covering his team as any of the other guys that we get on covering their teams. He's just uh, very good at what he does, and it's our pleasure to get him on our show. All right, we need to take a quickie timeout, then we're going to come back, put a bow on the show. here on Birds 365.
4: Number one, d Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own not least brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only thirty nine ninety five, or three thirty nine per month. New Rams starting at only thirty nine ninety five, or new Ram fifteen hundred Bighorn Crew Cabs one eighty nine per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. d Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
2: Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401Ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: Last couple of minutes here with the Mac and Mac guys. All right. I asked uh, John Machota a question to confirm a rumor that I had heard. I'm going to do the same to you tier Johnny Mac. Machota was uh, Michael uh, Gallup on milk cartons down there because he just flat out disappeared missing person uh, in Dallas in their game last week. Any truth to the rumor that John McMullen's first question on this happy Wednesday will be to Jonathan Gannon today. How did you not tell me you were gonna move uh, your? Cover yeah, corner? I'm angry your about that. Corner, I'm your slot corner that. to safety. Wait, where did you dream that one up, getting And how did you yeah. keep that one to not, yourself? Not
5: not only uh, did he do it, um, <laughs> you know, he said he he wasn't doing that. He flat out said he was. Now, in in his defense, he said he wasn't doing it when he had Chauncey and Reed. You know, he was down to his third safety. So um, you know, and and part of it, as I mentioned yesterday, was the opponent, Justin Fields, uh, you know, great running quarterback, um, deficient in the passing game, at least right now. So that played into it as well, sort of like a perfect storm, and he was able to to do different things. I think you know, with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, even though you mentioned some of the receiver issues outside of C D Lamb, still a more dangerous team. The tight ends are very good as well uh in Dallas. Um they're deep at tight end too. Yeah. Um I think we're back to it'll be Reed Blank and ship if he's healthy and, and and the more traditional. But I gave him a lot of credit for that because nobody saw that coming. Everybody they're going to go with Kavon, or they're going to elevate Anthony Harris. Um, and he threw a curveball, I give him a lot of credit for that.
3: That the touchdown pass to Peyton Hendershot in yeah. the cowboy game the other day it was a really nice play. I like oh, right.
5: Peyton Hendershot, and he's the third string tight end. They got, uh, it, they got Dalton, some Dalton shoots Jake, Jake, Jake Ferguson, uh, Peyton
3: Hendershot. We'll keep an eye on that uh, come Sunday. All right, brother. So you're going in, talk uh, to the coaches, and then you going to rejoin me tomorrow here on Birds 365?
5: Yeah, going to be here. Uh, first hour, because I got Nick Sirianni. But then, uh, you know, Friday we'll be back Friday. as well.
3: No, no Johnny Mac getting out of Dodge on Friday. No. Looking forward football to Football
5: Friday. Ed Kratz on foot, Old school football Friday. Game day Kratz. They're looking forward to talking to Eddie K too. All
3: right, uh, brother. Uh have a good day. Tell uh, the coaches uh we at Birds365 all said hi. And John McMullen and Jody McDonald will be back in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365, <laughs> the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're